0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Irish NFL show. It is time for the week 14 review. So uh, just before we get into things, want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Cassidy Travels, uh, all kinds of playoff uh, trips you can get with them. And in fact, I think I saw a tweet or maybe it was somewhere on social media, somebody uh, uh, availed of a Cassidy Travel package there and was at a, at the, the one of the games at the weekend. Might have been the Seahawks-Panthers one. I can't, I can't quite remember. Anyway... Uh, Lots of lots of stuff there from, from Cassidy Travel. So uh let's get into yesterday's action and see how many times you jinxed it, guys. Uh so strangely enough, uh two of the actual the quickfire ones we did uh ended up being games of the weekend, really. Um so uh maybe let's start with game one, uh one that you probably had moments of excitement and sadness Colum, uh, with the Broncos uh, and the Chiefs and there was sort of a, a runaway lead there uh, at the start and then uh, Broncos back in the game and then ultimately the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do and, and they won uh, 34-28 in the end maybe um, I'll go to you first actually Brian so Column can collect his thoughts although he's probably been collecting them all weekend. Uh, Brian what, what was your take on that one?
1: A 10 of two halves, I would say, in this particular game. Um, I mean, it started out as a lot of people felt it would be, which would be a very dominant performance from the Chiefs side. Um, got up 27-0 after a pick-six from Russell Wilson. And uh, me and Colin were going to touch on it you know, last, briefly last night around Donner when it was a complacency thing uh, on the Chiefs sideline. We have seen this from the past. We saw it in games last year. I would even go back to the championship game against the Bengals in which... They were up by 18 points at half-time, and even towards the back end of that first half, they should have been taking field goals but going for touchdowns. Going back to this one last night, 27 up, looked like the game was in the bag, and then they just seemed to really soak the fire. In a rivalry that's been there for years, and obviously they've beaten them the last 13 times, but the Broncos just, something something clicked for the Broncos last night, and I asked Colin what it was, and he says nobody likes getting the, the rift taken out of them on the on the opposition sideline. But the more concerning for me with the Chiefs, taking away the fact that they were complacent, was the second half performance, and you can put it down to complacency, you can put it down to poor play, because we've seen this with this Chiefs team, they rally into big leads, and the second half, so they start, for example, touchdown, touchdown, in the first half, interception, interception before half-time, second half, first drive, three plays, punt, second drive, three plays, punt, one touchdown, then an interception. It wasn't convincing. And in the end they got over the line and fairness to the Broncos they played really well. Russell Wilson played really well. He had 57 yards rushing. <clears throat> we spoke on the show a number of times how we see that, that kind of position of strength that he had at Seahawks with how he was active in the run game as much as he's a quarterback had been taken away this year. But he was quite active yesterday for three touchdowns. And the fairness to the Broncos they had the opportunity to, to get over the line and get the game won. But the Chiefs defense held on. It was not the most inspiring of performances from from the Chiefs team, and even at 27, I by it was more down to the fact that they were playing against a team which season essentially is over. But they rallied, they got the win, and I think there's questions to be answered with the Chiefs team, with bigger games yeah. at home, especially going into the playoffs. But for the Broncos, it was a, a finally a glimmer of light that there is good players there, and Russell Wilson can lead this team. It wasn't no a victory, but it was much better than what we've seen throughout the course of the
0: season. Although great teams find a way to win, don't they? Uh column. Was there a glimmer of light, like Brian said, or uh, do you think uh, it was uh it was something else?
2: I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over the rest of the season, Kala. I had said to Brian, and like I think, and Brian is spoken a little bit about it there there is complacency and an arrogance about the the Chiefs and I think that sparked I wonder was some of the stuff shown on the big screen in the stadium Travis Kelsey enjoying himself on on the bench and you know nobody likes to to be embarrassed and I I think if the Chiefs had just got about their business they probably could have been resting starters uh, come the the second half but um, they they antagonized the Broncos and they got a response. The issue, I suppose, is that for um, Broncos fans and uh, yeah, look, there there were there were a lot of positive moments. The stadium was rocking at times yesterday, but ultimately fall short. And we've seen this before. Uh, last year, um, the the Broncos almost beat the Chiefs, only for Melvin. Gordon to, to fumble, there's a four-point loss. Go back to 2020, um, and there's a six-point loss. Go back to 2018, and there's a, a touchdown loss. Actually, both games uh, in, in 2018 uh, were within a, a score. Um, so I have, I have this has been time and time and time again. I'm probably going all the way back. I was actually at the, the Broncos game against the Chiefs in 2016, Broncos were ahead, much Vaughn to defense, ended up losing that game in overtime and almost that was the domino that kind of began uh, the the past six years. So for the Broncos, it is how they play out the, the rest of the season and we'll see, especially in terms of Russell Wilson's injuries. For the Chiefs, the concern would be echoing what Brian has said that that kind of complacency, that arrogance can creep into their game and once you slip um, it's very, very difficult to get it back. The Bengals, um, you know, showed them that last year in the playoffs. The Broncos just weren't good enough to take advantage of it, but if they meet another team uh, in the later in the year or in the playoffs, um, they need to ensure that that doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, we shall see I suppose. Um all right, well let's let's move on to game 2, uh Cowboys and Texans. This one was super close as well and kind of last minute heroics to to, to do it. Um what's your take on it? Brian was this, was there complacency going on here as well or was it I don't know uh, everyone got G'd up for another reason or or was it a tactical masterclass? what what, 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 what do you reckon?
1: Oh, it had to be complacency. I mean, we've seen this from the Cowboys. I, you know, when I was watching this game last night, I was watching a combination of a lot of games. But, um, this game kind of reminded me of, and Colin would notice from Wales, when the Broncos went into Dallas last year and everybody was writing them off before that game. And the Texans came so close yesterday and there's a conversation coming out from the beat Beatwriters in Dallas today that throughout the course of the week, once they were watching all the footage of the previous game, which the Texans were playing against the Browns and they were trying to keep these players locked in and tuned into the game ahead of them, there was a very laid back attitude by a number of the Cowboys players Since thinking this game's a given on Sunday. And we've seen in the NFL, you, you go down that road and we just thought, spoke about it, everyone chasing complacency in the second half or towards the back end of the first half yesterday. Cowboys yesterday didn't play well. In fact, you look at the Cowboys game last week and Mark referred to it last Monday, they scored 33 unanswered points in the fourth quarter against the Colts, but they didn't play well for three quarters. They didn't play well for four quarters yesterday and Dak Prescott in particular had a poor game a lot of incomplete passes some needless draws the needless interception at, at the end of the game which unfortunately the texans and it looked like for everybody else watching the game it looked like it was the texans were going to go in for another touchdown and take a 10 point lead. with less than two minutes to go and that would have been the game but okay fair enough the cowboys rallied and they, they had a 95 yard drive to to win the game what i've noticed recently with the cowboys defense it's been really strong this season and we spoke highly and we we Give them their kudos and their credit when they deserve. They played against three quarterbacks this year, they've been quite mobile. And I was surprised to see Driscoll being so mobile as he was yesterday, but they really struggled to deal with him yesterday. They struggled to deal with Justin Fields of the Bears when he went in there, and they struggled with Jalen Hurts when he, when they played in Philly. That, to me, could be the, the nemesis for them coming forward down the line. They've got to play against Hurts again. They'll probably play against other quarterbacks in the playoffs. That would be a concern for me. And to yeah, the, look, the win has come with it. With some losses, their secondary is banged up now, they're going to go to Jacksonville on Sunday and their right tackle, um, Steele, offensive tackle, he's out for the season now, that's been confirmed today, which is a huge loss because the offensive line over the past number of years has been solidified and it's always been one of the great strengths of that team. The Texans, I felt sorry for them, genuinely, there was a few people in engagement um, on on our socials asking, would this be a bigger shock, this game or certain other games? This to me would have been probably one of the biggest shocks, if not the biggest shock of the season. But they managed to win and got over the line. and The Texans, again, have a good coach there in Luffy Smith. But unfortunately he doesn't have a lot to play with and he'll probably end up losing his job at some stage. But it's unfortunate because we have seen at times this season, you know, there are games and there is hope for this team. And obviously they're going to have a lot of good picks come the draft. But the Cowboys are over the line. It was a good game and I felt sorry for the Texans
0: in the end. Fair enough. Biggest shock of the season, says Brian. What do you reckon come?
2: It It would have been in ways, though we did talk about it, Kala, in the preview show, that it was all about the Cowboys showing up. And we talked Mm. about the fact that this is a recurrent problem. Uh, that doesn't just go back a couple of years; it goes back decades. I mean, mm. this goes back to uh, you know Wade Phillips and Jerry Jones putting infamously putting the the, the tickets into the the players' lockers before the the game. Um, it it is a, a Jerry Jones type issue, and <laughs> um, you know it is one of those situations where. Billionaires tend to get whatever they want. Um, But in a league of, you know, all well, certainly 20 other billionaires, you don't always, always get what you want. And this is the the issue. Cowboys are extremely talented. We know that. Um, But going up against a Texans team and the local kind of rivalry aspect probably played a part. But the Texans were mixing up their QBs yesterday. And Jeff Driscoll, um is a a journeyman who i have seen uh play in the flesh paid cold hard cash to to do that he's also a guy who um just not that long ago tried to um transition to being a tight end and then went back to being a quarterback um so look for for the cowboys i think um they they, they, the, the, the the potential banana skin is what you always kind of worry about with the the cowboys but ultimately I think Cowboys teams of years past probably would have lost that game. I think it's a good sign that they won it. But as Brian has said, it came uh, at a significant cost in terms of injuries.
0: Fair enough. Cowboys, Ted. Cowboys. All right. So for the next one, I want to uh, note that, Brian, you promised me an Axel Foley Detroit Lions jacket last on the last show because that was my memory of the Detroit Lions. And, you know, might just go get some measurements done there during the week round because uh, the Lions uh, are looked pretty good yesterday, and uh, in fact, could they? I don't know. Could they even make the playoffs the way they're playing? Um, they they beat the, the they beat the Minnesota Vikings thirty four twenty three. So, talk talk to me talk to me about that, and tell me where you're going to pick up my jacket from as well. Oh, it's
1: going to be ordered in the morning if they to keep going. Perfect. Um, yeah, great.
0: <laughs> Look, they've
1: won six of their last seven. They lost against the number one seed and that one defeat was against the number one seed of the AFC to a field goal. And we talked about Dan Campbell at the start of the season. We had an opportunity to speak to one of their uh, special teams players, me and Colin, during the off season, who has a great Irish family background. And he was talking about the great things in which Dan Campbell was doing. And we saw in the hard knocks during August, the show that all the players seem to be Re-energize them and behind them, and for parts of the season, we were saying, "No, oh, it's the hard look story with this Lions team; they were losing games by one mm-hmm. scores." But this season, in terms of the offense, it's it's off the charts. I mean, Jared Goff has to be the complete comeback player of the year. We we did a preseason show where we talked about comeback players of the year, not necessarily because he was out last year, but there's so much kind of ill feeling about him since he was traded from the Rams to the Lions, and obviously the match of Stafford going to them. But yesterday again, what's happened over the course of the last few weeks as well? So defense has really started to play well and that was the team at the start of the season. We, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about all the stats. They were 34th against the Roan, 32nd total defence, 29th against in passing defence. The last couple of weeks, ever since that Green Bay game, it's completely rebounded. And the one thing that the Vikings have been really efficient this year, despite the, the numerous big plays they get from Justin Jefferson, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, is when they get in the red zone, they're very efficient. They obviously score touchdowns. well. There were two from four yesterday in the red zone. They were held down the field goals, Dalvin Cook fumbled in, in the red zone, which is not really the type of play we've seen from this team this year, coached by Kevin O'Connell, they seemed to be error-free at times, that was a big change in point. And smart plays by the, by the Lions, and there was a few off-kilter plays, they had a special teams punt, which was a fake punt, they got a forced down off, that kind of changed the momentum, swing of the game, and it looked like the Vikings were getting a stranglehold. And you look at the fourth quarter, like, they held they held the Vikings down to 15 plays, only 5 first downs. They had 29 plays, 9 first downs. They took 13 points and essentially put the game away. And Right now, they're averaging 27 points a game in offense. They're scoring more than that, but that's the average defense is holding teams down. They're, they're on a great run, and they've got some very winnable games ahead of them. So, they're 1.5 games back in the playoff push for the wild card, but the way they're playing, and you look at the teams ahead of them, such as the Giants and the Seahawks, who are going through a bit of a difficult period, there's a losing game. I can't see any reason why the Lions can't catch up. They've got a big game this weekend against the Jets, and that'll be a very interesting one to see how yeah. that goes. Because what <clears throat> well, we did say earlier in the season, when they were playing really well and fishing at home indoor, but when they were playing away in difficult places like New England, they were fi- they were finding those games tough and they were losing. But the way they're going at the moment, I would imagine they'll be very confident going into New York, despite the, the adverse weather that's due for this game on Sunday.
0: Yeah. As the soundtrack of Beverly Hill's Cup says the heat is on all right, column uh what's your takeaway on it uh did you have did you pick the Vikings for this one in our, in our in our yeah, you did okay so what do you think what do you think went wrong
2: uh the the sheer I, I, look I, to me this if um we talk i suppose a lot i certainly I do about the NFL being. Uh, a cross between demolition derby and chess. And yesterday, in the chess match between the Lions OC and the Vikings DC at Dantel, at uh, Dantel, had his pants pulled down uh, every which way. You know, it was it was like, um, and I know Sam Monson actually discussed this earlier. It was like that the Lions knew what the Vikings were going to do. Um, they, uh, they were one play ahead of them every single time. Um, I remember growing up, my mother used to tell me the story of Idle Jack, and Idle Jack would get the wrong thing, and then he'd be told, "No, no, no, you're supposed to do it this this way." And he would, but he he never got the the part of putting it together. He was always one step behind. And that was the Vikings' um, defense yesterday. It just could not keep pace. Yeah, Brian rightly talks about Justin Jefferson, and you know he probably should have had a, another touchdown yesterday. Today, but the Lions were deserving victories. We got to see Jared Goff um, with some fantastic deep balls, and the Lions can come at you from kind of every which way. All of a sudden, their um, number two uh, overall pick is really coming to life, and Brian is right; they will be a problem for for everybody. I I think, and um, it will be interesting to see. It would be a great story if they they were to make it for the Vikings. Again, it's a case of dusting themselves down. And picking themselves back up and trying to ensure look, they, you know, they, they are still at a healthy lead in that division. They still should absolutely um, make the, the playoffs, but they need to figure out the defensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right. I look forward to my Detroit Lions jacket, Brian. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one um okay uh before we just go into the next one just a reminder to folks to to throw, throw out your comments and and all the rest of it to us we're we're very happy to uh to to read them out uh as we go so listen we're going into game four here um this was uh well in fairness it was it was a bit of an annihilation wasn't it it was the it was the 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 49ers taking taking the books apart and you know i'm i'm not terribly sad for tom brady but uh um i'm sure tom brady was sad for tom brady um but let's let's talk about this it was a 35-7 win and perhaps this time column let's get your uh your take on it first as well i know you're a huge tom brady fan
2: uh yeah i'm um, a uh, huge fan of seeing what happened to, to tom ha- happen look this this is um the the human the human side of tom brady he spent um more than more than two decade decades being a cyborg it was like watching uh, <laughs> terminator 2 on the nfl field everything went right but God, i i had um talked about it um last uh last year in the in the game against the saints i keep going back to it it was the first time i saw a hint of him being human the ball did not go where he wanted it to do and he actually he looked at his hand as if like how uh, what are, are you doing see, to me? <laughs> how can this be happening? This doesn't happen yeah. to me. But Father Time waits for waits for no man. And look, Ta- Tom Brady is not the biggest issue with the, the Bucks. He's still a very serviceable QB, but he isn't able to elevate them in the way he once could. Mm. Um, there are all sorts of problems on the coaching staff and everything that is going wrong there um, with Bruce Arians moving on. But to me, this further strengthens my case about like winning with jimmy garoppolo because brock purdy came in yesterday he made his first ever start and it was it was seamless it was absolutely seamless kyle shanahan and what kyle shanahan is doing and remember now kyle shanahan has lost assistance uh, over the past couple of years robert Salah went to the jets mike mcdaniel went to the dolphins probably gonna lose um, to Mick O'Ryans in um, the the offseason because um, they're doing so like that defense is just incredible it's absolutely ferocious um, but they, they lost Debo yesterday they still find ways to do it um, this 49ers team are the team probably that the the eagles will most fear though i think that would be quite a battle to to watch but everybody in the nfc uh, will not fancy it and certainly if they were to make a super bowl you would look at that and if they stay fit and depending uh, it sounds like Debo's injury isn't but you know they will cause even with brock purdy there they will be a problem for everybody
0: yeah yeah no question it helps when you have Christian McCaffrey my former uh, Panthers favorite um, but uh, Niners looking good Brian what was your takeaway from that uh, annihilation of the bucks
1: i got a text from a Niners fan this morning i woke up to a text saying let's rock and roll he said <laughs> <laughs> so he's also enjoying the the Brockport-y, uh, magic uh, what was it even more impressive i know it's only one play it was the first play of the game he got completely clobbered on a on a, a lay hit by the the bucks it was called for a penalty but he just got up. It didn't phase him. He got on with it. I think he's very fortunate. He's got great players there around him. He touched on McCaffrey. I obviously, Debo Sammy went off injured yesterday. Two of the touchdowns yesterday. 38 yard touchdown, 27-yard touchdown. It's not just like he's he's playing game management. Like They are explosive. You know, in this is yeah. day and age, they're explosive NFL touchdowns. And he's got players that when they get their hands on the ball, they can do what we call the yak yards yards after catch. And he's got players like McCaffrey, Debo Sammy, if he comes back for the playoffs, Ayuk, him. So he is quite fortunate; he's got some really talented players around him, which is why the whole Jimmy G experience was supposed to work. Because he just gives it to those guys, and they do all the magic. I and mean, maybe it'll be Portis that's the one who's doing that throughout the course of the season and in, late into a, the playoffs. There was a kind of a report the weekend that Jimmy Garoppolo could be back for the playoffs. But if they continue to win with him a quarterback, I don't see why they would change it. As for the books, look, Colin's right. This books defense, it's always it's always going to be on on the Brady situation. there whether he should have retired in his personal situation outside of football at the moment, whether he'll play again next year with the likelihood. You now it's suggesting he will play again next year. Um, and there's been even reports he may end up with the Jets, bizarrely enough, today, which is a real kind of true me a little bit. But this defence has been good and bad this season. They can't seem to stop the run. They were really exposed yesterday. McCaffrey did a good number on them. We saw it when they played the Panthers away. Do you just see when they go on the road in particular games? They can't seem to handle teams with a really reasonably good reasonably good run game and the 49ers are one of the better teams in the league and even Fair look enough. at the books sorry just like their explosive no, players, go ahead. the only had two explosive players yesterday one for 32 yards one for 20. they were about in the second half when the 49ers were easing off they couldn't get anything going whatsoever and um, i expected the Niners to win we all picked them in this particular game just didn't expect it to be the nature of how comprehensive it was which is a great sign for the 49ers team going in the right direction
0: yeah big time Uh, Also, you know I love stats. I I think I I texted this to you guys earlier in the week. I saw somewhere that there's 100-plus NFL players who uh, were born the year after Tom Brady was drafted. So that's a fair uh, sign of how old he is. All right, uh, Brian, will we go to uh, a few uh, comments, if we have a couple of them there?
1: We will. I believe Colum is back in a minute. So let's jump into some comments. Yeah, Colum's just dropped
0: off for a minute. He'll be back with us.
1: Rightio, yeah, the Lions are getting a bit of love as usual. The Lions seem to be very popular these days. Um, yes, ben Kelly, man the Lions, could make it happen. I'd like to make it happen. I'm assuming then by that he's not, he isn't a Lions fan, he's just falling in love. No, with he's just
0: he's just happy for the Lions. Yeah,
1: um, interesting one tonight, um, which we haven't really touched on in the Cowboys game, was that they've signed T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton mm. was in the Colts last year, he's had a really good career there and he wasn't picked up in free agency. Um, the Cowboys are anxious to get another wide receiver in. They were talking about Odell Beckham last week. Mm. T Boy Hilton is a good player. That's a good pickup. I can, I can get yeah. the love. And then he made a similar point around the fact that, they, as Colin alluded to, they win. You know, Cowboys win a game that was a difficult game. They found a way to win. Bit of a conversation around the MVP, which will probably come to shortly because we're going to get into other games. And there's a bit of Chargers Dolphins talk, which I think will yeah. hold off. We'll hold off yeah we'll, 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 we'll get, get into, into that
0: guy. one next yeah we'll get into that one next yeah. in fact uh will we jump into it and i can i can go to you first and column hopefully yeah. will be back to us by the time uh you've given us your thoughts so this was sunday night football um dolphins chargers and i think you all picked the dolphins if i'm not mistaken um and in day and then in the end uh we we had a a scoreline that perhaps surprised you a little bit uh but let's talk about the specifics again the The scoreline was 23 17 in the end um what was your takeaway from it brian
1: well in the lead up to the game last night it was an nbc sunday night football game and the nbc Mm -hmm. guys were making their selections and all eight picked the dolphins so then Mm. i said oh we're all jinxed we're done now we really (laughs) are done Really are done. Um, look, all, as, as everybody knows in the NFL world, it's it's Herbert too. It's the two guys that were picked in the draft a couple of years ago, fourth pick and fifth pick, and they came up against each other last night. The Chargers' defense is up and down the season, and Columbus and myself continuously praise and spoke about how highly we we look at Justin Herbert as arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's been trying to win games with, with little around him at times. And last night it was, I felt it was evident. I know McCollum has his ups and downs on winner. Mike Williams is a is a standout number one wide receiver, but he when he plays the air a bit more dynamic and we saw that last night. It allows Keenan Allen to be a bit more freeful and get into positions to, you know, take care of tore down throws when they're in the tour to seven, tour to eight, and we saw a lot of them last night. And for the Dolphins, like the last two games, Tua has been pressured and when he's pressured he feels he's not comfortable. The trolls are a little bit off. The people want about him being the most accurate throw in the league, but when he's given all the time in the world to throw it, yes, but last night and again last week, he's been off. Some of the plays on the sideline when he was going out to the perimeter were going out-bounds, didn't look comfortable. Thought the Dolphins got away from a game plan, which is what every team has been using this season, which is to run the ball on this Chargers defence because when you run on them, they can't stop it. They only carried the ball 19 times last night, which was very low numbers in the NFL world, which is surprising. They continuously went for throws and it just didn't materialise for them. And As the game went on, they kind of Tired out this Dolphins defence, and the Dolphins right now are on a bit of a slippery slope. There's a few comments in there from Dolphins fans around what they think of Tua and whether they think this team is going to rebound and put themselves in the playoffs. i imagine they will, but it's a bit concerning. Even again, no other stats in the game. They punted seven times, they were 3-11 on tour downs. Like It's not what we've been seeing from this season. I would put it down to a very decent... You know, as, as much as I give out with the Chargers and their head coach, I thought defensively last night was a lot better than what we've seen. And, it allowed them more players back on offense to find a way to win a game and put themselves back in the shakeup for the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And what, what about you, Com? Do you think like it was a wobble from the Dolphins or was this just brilliant Chargers play or was it a little bit of both? Or or where do you see it?
2: I, I think this is a bit... The, the NFL is a league, right, where something um, emerges, a trend emerges or a new tactic emerges, essentially, uh, and then there's a response to it and for the dolphins it's they they came out right and they had tyree kill and jayla waddle and a whole host of, of other weapons um but um, benjamin Salak does fantastic breakdowns he's with the ringer if you're not following um him follow him he does really really great breakdowns and he highlighted what brandon staley did with this uh, chargers defense um and um, while certainly uh, you can criticize him for some things um, a bit like Vic Fangio, maybe he has found the kryptonite of one of the, the great offenses. And what they looked to do was essentially um, force Waddle and Hill to the outside constantly um, and not allow Tua at the intermediate middle of the field. That's where Tua throws the most. They don't believe Tua, Tua has the arm to go deep consistently especially on the outside and that's what you saw them do time and time and time again and they used the the safety who they call the robber to just drop in to that intermediate in the middle and basically say no not going to be be there and it was really interesting to watch that so it will be um you know what how does mcdaniel respond that how does tua respond to that because up to now it has been, you know, they haven't had to think about it, right? Tyree kale and Waddle are so quick, and the it, it, this, this what they were doing was working so well that essentially the play started. All two had to do was put the ball where it was, where he had been told almost, or he knew it was to go, and the players are going to be there. All of a sudden, they're not going to be there. They've taken that away. What will the response be to that? The good news if you you are a Dolphins fan is that it sounds like the injury to Hill's ankle is nothing too serious and Armstead uh, didn't have a setback in the game so he should be good to go against the, the Bills but um, you like stats, Gala. I saw a stat earlier that said that this one loss had dropped the Dolphins' chances to get to the playoffs by 14%. Um, so it will be a very, very interesting end to the season. Uh, as Alex Ferguson used to call it, squeaky bum time, squeaky bum time,
0: indeed, yes. Brian, did you want to come back in there? I just saw you, saw you yeah, uh, thinking yeah, something yeah,
1: through I did, there. Yeah, so, yeah so yeah, There was a few I left behind. Um, yeah, I actually, column, column nailed it. He was talking about some of the particular players. Like, there was a few scenarios last night where Tyreek Hills was turning around where he was trying to get himself free, and the ball was already in a position where, you know, essentially, as you said, two was thrown exactly where he expected it to be. There was no kind of, you know, it wasn't like he was, he was doing an audible or reversing a play. It was like, that's where it was supposed to be, and Tyreek Hill was kind of looking around. There was a bit of a mismatch of time, which we're not used to seeing. And there were some questionable decisions, and I don't think what it would have impacted on the result, but there was, and, and it's been called out in, the, in some of the comments. This evening. there was a roughing the passer uh, flag on Dolphins, which was ridiculous. Like we've seen some earlier in the season with their fair challenges in terms of looking to sack the quarterback, and again we saw a creeping back in to the game last night. And I would say the NFL haven't done the league, sorry, the league haven't done the Dolphins any favors. They play Sunday night in in LA, the latest game on on the Sunday slate. And now there's three games this Saturday, and they're in the Saturday slate going into Buffalo, top of the division, number one seed in a game that's a must win. And they're not getting a lot of time to turn it all around, having them travel back from West Coast to East Coast and back up then to New York to the the wider New York area. So I don't think they've done many favours on that side of things. I thought that was a bit unfair, bearing in mind that they actually flexed that game into Sunday night football in the first place. It wasn't like it was locked in for that time. Took the Broncos out, put that one in, and then still moved them to a Saturday game. The following week, which I thought was a bit unfair. So that's going to be a really difficult game this weekend and be interested to see how how it plays out.
0: Other professional athletes, they'll manage with all their money and all their training. They'll be okay, I'm sure. Um, All right. Uh, So the next one's an exciting one for me. 13 is usually an unlucky number, but 13 months ago was the last time the Panthers won on the road. And they beat the Seahawks yesterday. I didn't even see it because I, kind of I sort of was like, well, that's not happening. Uh, what kind of a fan am I? Uh, but they won 30-24. And actually, uh, from what I understand, that that score is maybe not even as reflective of how one-sided it was. Um, Brian, tell me, tell me, uh, you saw this, and what, what did you take from it?
1: This was, a, I, I, genuinely, like a, it was twenty twenty four. 24 It was a late score by the Seahawks with 12 seconds ago. This was probably one of the most... I felt one of the most dominant performances that we saw. I did want I genuinely I said to Colin last night, I had a feeling for the Panthers all week. I thought their run game has been having much the Seahawks Brian. the last few weeks, I haven't seen them live in Munich. Like the Bucks ran ran the ball down their throat in in uh, Munich and it's starting to slow down a bit this defence which was playing really well at the start of the season. And the Panthers have three running backs since they've traded McCaffrey they've got Conan Commodore running back by committee, foreman, Hubbard, Blackspear who's come in as a rookie, he's been done really well. They had ten drives yesterday. They only punted twice, and even on the last drive where they needed to get first downs to win the game, the he ran the ball for 67 yards, got three first downs, kicked the game-winning field goal, to put the game away. It was very dominant. Seattle never got going, and it could have been more comfortable. The Panthers were in the red zone later in the game, and instead of taking the field goal, they went for a fourth down. They actually ran four, four throwing plays, which is quite surprising. mind how successful they were on their run game throughout the course of the game. All three running backs. We're in the game and the Panthers defense, which in fairness to Column has been something Column consistently has spoke about, how well they played despite the difficulty this season, again had a really solid game. And like bearing in mind that they sacked Matt Rule and Wilkes came in and you know he had a difficult time when he was head coaching in the league previously, and the owner said there's no chance of him getting the job. The way teams are going, you'd have to you know, even in his press conference after the game, he was saying when we were trading players and when the GMs were, were trading players and trying to offset some players for next season and trying to reduce salary cap, people thought we were tanking. Well, we, the players internally rallied. And Sam Darrell, the quarterback, is and I said it to you today, he hasn't had the greatest of careers, but the one thing you can talk about, a quarterback that comes in playing his first game of the season, so late in the season, there's a freshness to him as opposed to other quarterbacks in the league, and you can see that in the way he's playing. It's like the start mm. of the season for him. It'll probably catch up for him in the end. But right now they are playing very well they're only one game of, of top of the division because of of how poor the books are playing they're playing against the steelers team the weekend that's a very winnable game at home who knows maybe they'll be the team who knows who knows you never know. and win. Um, magic seattle, happens sometimes for seattle like again it seems seem to be slowing up they've got a difficult game against the 49ers and i was wondering is the similar to the giants is the success of the earlier part of the season starting to catch up because they're starting to play mm. more difficult games and they don't have the the players to compete against the higher the higher ons within the league.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Colum, uh, how brilliant was it the Panthers winning there? Uh, your thoughts, please. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I, like uh, seriously impressive. And Brian has touched on some of it, but just the highlight, like this, the Panthers are on their third starting QB. Um, the the Q the QB who who started the season was released, and granted he ended up winning a game for his new yes, team on, on Thursday. Um, but at the same time, um, so the Panthers have gone through it. Um, they basically sacked the entirety of the the coaching staff, um, and they traded Christian McCaffrey. So for them to to be where they are, Brian Wrightly mm. points to the the head coach, and I I think um you know the the concern would be that look the allure of a big name uh you know with with an owner who uh is the hedge fund guy uh, Mm and that may be the route he wants to go but you would have to give serious serious kudos um to what um the the head coach has done the way in which he has rallied that team and the fact that he has you know put um game plans to, together to get the most out of them and to exploit the weaknesses of their opponents um it, look the 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 nfc south um is I, I like it'd be great it'd be a great story to see somebody else win it rather than than tom Brady. and uh, i think the vast majority of people around the league would it would enjoy that if it was to be the panthers uh what an unbelievable story that would be uh, yeah the the refrain that you hear constantly around the, the league is, oh, you shouldn't make a coaching change mid-season because it, it doesn't benefit you and, and it doesn't make, you know, um you, they, you, you, you might get a one or two game bounce. Well, if the Panthers have proven all that wrong at the moment, that division, while the Bucks are definitely favourites, it is it uh, is up for grabs and, yeah, it would be a wonderful story if it was to be the Panthers.
0: Oh yeah well for me that would be a double happy story all right Tom Brady sunk and the Panthers are rising back up to the top where they belong all right game 7 that we're gonna talk about now is the um, <clears throat> well it's the Jags and uh, the Titans uh, it was it was a uh, it was uh, an interesting game 36 22 was the final final score um, and um, what was your take? Actually, Colum, let's let's go to you first on 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 what you think was the was the formula for success here.
2: I think what what was really impressive was, right, the, okay, that this is the Titans team that, you know, has a significant number of injuries, and, and that can't be ignored in some ways. But it is a Titans team who started the game really well. And Derrick Henry, like, he – he absolutely adores playing the Texans. The Texans are who he would love to play every single week. But the next team on the list would be the Jags. And he started off yesterday, and it was certainly uh, the case that he was trundling all over everybody. Um But again, this is a a case, I think, of a a number of different factors, but you cannot overlook the head coach and the culture that he has instilled there and the fact that, you know, they hadn't won in uh, Tennessee in in so long, but um, the the fear isn't there. And Trevor Lawrence, who... um, during the week, you know, had, had missed out, there were questions, he was limited, all that sort of stuff. Uh, he was fantastic yesterday. He, he was really, really great. And you, you've you heard the players consistently, and we referenced it on the show uh, just last week, I think, uh, again, they talked about how he they felt that Trevor Lawrence didn't have a rookie year because things were, you know, just so crazy under Urban Meyer um, that he really missed out. And that's why maybe earlier this year, he didn't look like maybe the second year QB that we expected, that he was still learning and that he has grown massively. Uh, and, uh, you know, this this is another division you would expect the, the Titans to probably close it out. But the the jags will look at it they will look at the fact that the, the titans are um you know so beaten up and they will say you know we meet again in week 18 if we can win out maybe maybe um you know they they could be in in with the shot of a playoff berth and that is the beauty of the nfl like yeah. last yeah. year there wasn't a, you know a bigger Pick pick your uh, analogy, Uh, dumpster fire, train wreck, uh, clown show, whatever you want to pick, the Jags were it. The Jags made the Texans look like the sane and sensible group. Uh, And yet here we are, uh, you know, a year on, a new head coach, uh, and all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence is beginning, beginning to look, um, you know, like uh, the quarterback we thought he could become.
0: Yeah, yeah, and more power to him. Okay. Brian, your take on the same game?
1: I think column summed it up very well and I think this uh, conversation with the fact that the division is still open, they're two games behind. I think this weekend is significant. Titans they're they're have lost three games in a row now. They're going into LA to play the Chargers, as we spoke about there, who've just won that game against Miami. And the Jags have the Cowboys at home. So if the Jags if the Jags are free real and, and they are gonna run the table, you know, no bigger win than to go and beat a Cowboys side. Look, I look at uh, Trevor Lawrence's numbers over the past few weeks, they're they're really off the charts. Even the game last week in Detroit, he had some good numbers despite the injury. And he was 30 of 42 yesterday, 368, three touchdowns. They're really staggering numbers. Bearing in mind that in the first half, it took a while for their, their offense to get going. Collum rightly called, it. Derrick Henry was playing really well. He had a touchdown, he was running all over him, And then something seemed to click with this Jags defense. He's in the 50. He found ways to hold them down. There was a number of fumbles. And in the second half they were totally dominant. They totally dominated the game. They put it away. It was like there was a late score from the Titans, to sense make it a bit more respectful than it actually was. And even at the end of the season, if they don't run the table and they don't get into the playoffs and win this division, they reflect on a season which was a lot of what-ifs. They lost uh, against the game against the Texans by one score, they lost against the Colts by one score, with a touchdown with ten seconds to go, had the game against the Giants to win, had against the Broncos to win in London. Like, uh, I know there'll be a lot of teams that will feel the same. You know, they look at every game and scrutinise and say, oh, if only we had done this. But there's four games there this season. They really could have, if they had a split that two and two, they would be joined top now. And the top of the division. So there's a lot of momentum still with them. They've still have got an upgrade opportunity. It's a fantastic win. You called it out the other day on the show. They've lost the four, last five games in that stadium. So they've they've broken the slide there. And uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like the quarterback that we all expected. Albeit it's taken a year and a half. Sorry, a season and a half into his NFL career to finally get to the stage that we were hoping and expect to see when he came out Clemson.
0: Yeah, good things take time. All right, we have one more game before we get into the quick fire round. So uh, this one was in uh, pretty poor weather conditions, um and the Bills um uh, defeated the Jets uh, twenty points to twelve. I think it was. Um, and I know that the Jets QB got injured there um, now the weather wasn't quite as bad, or it was worse probably than it was in Ireland, I nearly said it wasn't as bad as it was here in Ireland when we had our light dusting of snow and people lost their mind uh, but in any case, uh, regardless of weather conditions, uh, the Bills march on uh, uh, so Brian, what uh, what's your takeaway from that game?
1: okay well, you're talking about weather conditions I'll give you something, of, I wouldn't call it a stat, it's just uh, well sure, to... let's
0: call it a stat anyway, because I love well, them
1: General, general consensus from early on in the game. It was the red zone didn't go to this game for quite some time. And the reason being there was ten drives and there was ten punts. Neither team could move the ball. Both defence are on top. And it's a combination of bad weather, adverse weather conditions. But the Bills find a way when, when the weather's not great, they rely on their quarterback. And we spoke about whether that can take them all the way to Arizona and win a Super Bowl. They've quite limited in their run game. They they do try to maintain a run game consistently, but it just doesn't seem to work. And then they're relying on a quarterback who again, yesterday ran for 60 yards and a touchdown, and will that get them to the Super Bowl? I'm not entirely sure, but yesterday looked two the two biggest plays yesterday from a from a passing standpoint: 24-yard touchdown to Knox and a two-yard to Diggs. And in fairness to the Jets' defense, the of the better defense in the league, they held their own the first time they played, and they beat them 2017. Callum, you know, he called, he selected the Jets to win this game, and there was merits to, to why he, he saw that. Like, it just wasn't enough for them yesterday. Mike White, in fairness, yesterday. Like Jets fans, and we we joked about it last week with the T-shirts, but yesterday, again, he showed the battling quarterback. He didn't have the best of games, but he he, he went off injured. He got evaluated, he came back on, and then got re-injured, and then ended up in hospital, and now he's probably unlikely to play this weekend, but it was kind of a testament to the guy that he kept coming in and trying to win the game and put the team on the shoulders. It wasn't to be. The Jets are now in this precarious situation, similar to other teams in the AFC that are battling for this wildcard spot. They're losing games, but... You know, they'll have to break the slide this weekend, potentially when they play the Lions, but you're, the Bills, march on. the weather was difficult. If any team can deal with the weather in Buffalo, it's actually yeah, no own it's is actually the only team. It's the Buffalo so, Bills. Yeah, which is why it's so crucial and why we keep talking about whoever ends up as the four seed in the AFC. If it's Buffalo, you find it very difficult to see who will go in there, especially in January when the weather only gets worse and beat them yeah. to make make it into the Zootball.
0: Although the weather is much nicer in Arizona, maybe they can handle that too. Column what do you take away from this Bills game?
2: Oh, uh, Kala, I, I think even if you're maybe not, a, even if you're not an, an NFL fan... Um, You are probably familiar with the culture of the Buffalo Bills um, and the Bills Mafia and the way in which they, they, you know, the the fandom, uh, what they do, the tailgating, uh, the fact that they launch themselves uh, off of uh, buildings, off of uh, trailers, off of anything in the vicinity to break through tables. And their defense treated Mike White like a table at a tailgate yesterday. Uh, every single opportunity, they absolutely floored him. And, yeah, Brian is right. He showed remarkable uh, toughness to, to come in there. It will be, I suppose, interesting to see what happens uh, because, obviously, Zach Wilson is there. Mike White is out of contract uh, this year. So, what the, the jets are going, going to do brian mentioned earlier the rumor about tom brady uh, so I, I i imagine they know they have a seriously talented defense they have all sorts of question marks about the quarterback and they need to figure out something i think brian has really summed up the, the game well uh, for for Buffalo, it is about endeavouring to get that number one seed. Um, but the other thing uh, that is everyone's talking about um, this uh, this week again is potential for more snow. And we saw them have to move to Detroit uh, in the not too distant uh, past, just a couple of weeks ago. Could that be the case again, or or might we finally get a, a proper snow game? Uh, which is what I think most people want, but uh, yes, yeah, certainly keep an eye on the weather.
0: Yes, uh, always. As Irishmen, we always do. Uh, right. Uh, so we'll go to the quick fire round. Oh, Brian, did you have something well, there? No, yeah. No.
1: Yeah, I had a look. I had. To, I was enticed by the uh, forecast for the weekend. Um, snow <laughs> minus six and heavy rain um, is what the uh, overall forecast for this game. So, yeah, snow com- and
0: heavy rain or yeah. just heavy a bit rain come
1: for of a combination of everything a little combo yeah.
0: okay fair enough well good luck to them um we probably have much the same here in dublin um okay well listen we'll get into the quick fire round here and uh, we'll ma- we'll make it quick fire so the first one is eagles destroyed the giants i'm sorry to say brian Forty-eight twenty-two, but I'm going to ask Column to take it because I, I I don't think I don't think you have, we have to subject you to that again. So, Column, uh, am I right in thinking that's that that's the that's the Eagles in the playoffs now?
2: Yeah, first team to confirm their place, and they they do so um, by um, by beating their divisional rivals. I'm not sure what Brian. Uh, would, would it be worse if it was the, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Probably both on the, the same level. But look, the the Eagles set about doing... They started off as it was in a similar way to the Chiefs against the Broncos, but they never got complacent and they didn't allow the the Giants to get back into it. Um, The the Giants, I mean, just about everything that could go wrong in the first half in particular did go wrong. Um, There was that like awful awful uh, kind of missed punt uh, that just I, I think will probably end up being a gif uh, for the best part of the the next decade or thereabouts um you know the eagle they did get to bring in the backups at, at the the end of the game and really for for this eagles team it's about ensuring obviously they secure um now that they have the playoff spot securing uh number one so that all roads have to go through uh philadelphia but you know they, this is you know they they Jalen Hurts, I think, ha, is the the first QB uh, with back to back seasons where he has double digit rushing touchdowns. Miles um, My- Sanders has a thousand yards. Aj Brown has a thousand yards. Um, Devontae Smith is a weapon, and Dallas Goddard has to to come back. As yet, they are serious business. Um, and no, again, kinda, we talked about like the way in which this league changes so quickly. For the first half of last season, the Eagles were a disaster. Um, Nick Sirianni got things sorted out, and we were joined by Bo Wolf uh, a few weeks ago, uh, who covers the Eagles for the Athletic. He talked about in the off-season, the Eagles, much uh, to my chagrin, looked at replacing Jalen Hurts. They looked at different options. They got very lucky that none of those options worked out because after 14 weeks, He is, I would say, at this point, uh, the front-runner, potentially just ahead of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, who is making a late charge in the MVP race.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay, next quick fire for you then, Brian. It's the the Bengals, not quite as explosive as the Eagles there, but they did get past the Browns 23-10. What was the main takeaways for you there?
1: Yeah, well, I was... Reflecting on this game, as opposed to last week's game when they beat the Chiefs, and you're right, wasn't as explosive, uh, you know, from Joe Burrow put week, but it was, it was a typical divisional game, and the Browns hung around for quite a while, and even late on they had an opportunity to bring it back within score. Deshaun Watson looked a little bit better this week, he had some nice plays to the to perimeter, to, uh, to Cooper, and, and a few other players, but he kind of fell away towards the, the back end of the game, and, and we saw Burrow with a nice a free flicker touchdown. We've seen more of these... Uh, over the course of the past few weeks, in particular with the Raiders to Irwin, and essentially that was the game. And we saw Mixon come back yesterday; he was been out with concussion and he had a reasonably good game, he had a big big run. But Perrine, who stepped in while he's been out again, with another touchdown yesterday. And for the Bengals, it's 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 nice to see them win when it's not pretty. Because we saw when they went to Tennessee and it was a similar type of game; they won in 2016 that day. They won yesterday by 13 points. But for large parts of the game, it wasn't as one sided as it may seem. As as it seems, you know, in terms of going into the game, what people would have expected, the Browns hung around, but for the Bengals, it's again, it's another significant win. They go to the Bucks this weekend, and they're certainly a team that are floating under the radar right now in terms of we're all talking about the Bills and Chiefs, but maybe it will be the Bengals that we see again in the Super Bowl, come Arizona in February.
0: Nice, okay, and then the last quick fire one, and uh, I'll throw this one to you, Colm. Uh, so the Ravens won a close one there against the Steelers. I think what was the final score? 16-14 16-14 um. so talk to me about that one and
2: have you got any good stats I, I do I have a, a great stat actually it's Oh. to see of Roger Sherman, uh, who writes with the, another from The the Ringer and who joined us uh, in the Aviva uh, when he watched his alma mater, Northwestern, get the victory over Nebraska. Um, Roger, who actually owns the Twitter handle, at Roger, and he pointed out that there have been exactly two games this season where a QB has subbed into a game and thrown three interceptions. Kenny Pickett subbing in for Mitchell Trubitsky in week four, and then Mitchell Trubitsky subbing in for Kenny Pickett <laughs> in week 14, which is the most perfect of all stats, I believe. <laughs> so kudos to, to Roger for pointing that one out. And um, th- look, I, I suppose this, this is a game that highlighted a number of things, I think, for me, Calla. Um, I... I haven't seen, a, um, I didn't get time to dig into it and I don't know if anyone has dug into it. It feels like there are more injuries and more quarterback injuries potentially than ever before. Both of these teams lost their starting QBs yesterday. Obviously, Russell Wilson went out as well. Um, it just feels like that That seems to be happening a lot this year. I don't know if that's recency bias or if that is actually something, but um, also, for young Kenny Pickett, who is obviously in his first season uh, with the, the Steelers, uh, he now has his second concussion uh, in just uh, a couple of, of months. That That's a big, big concern, and um, I hope that he is given the time, um, and Mitch Trubisky is um a problem um but i hope that that still doesn't mean that they rush rush kenny pickett back uh uh, you know um, a concussion is a brain injury and he really needs the time to to heal up and yeah like your your first season that is the the last thing you want um but it it probably speaks to the way in which look this game is playing when you have Mm 320 pound men who can run a 40-yard dash in just a shade over four seconds coming uh trying to knock you you to the ground it's going to lead um to to some bad injuries so uh look a speedy recovery uh, for him that he, and that him russell wilson and everyone else dealing with injuries around the league get the time that they need
0: absolutely and more more of that more healing for all of them no need to to rush them back um Perhaps uh, before we go into the Monday night uh, football preview, uh, which will be happening in a couple of hours, I suppose, uh, Brian, do we do we have a couple more comments we could throw up here? Brian, you're on mute. I think you're on mute, Brian. No, I I'm thought back. maybe it was f- my Wi-Fi fell out.
1: No, I'm back. I'm back in action. No, you're um, back. No- I didn't call it out, and it should have been called out, which was the Borough touchdown to Chase. We spoke earlier around Tyreek Hill literally turning his head, essentially looking for the ball to be there when at a specific point. When this, that was this touchdown yesterday, Chase wasn't even looking at the play. Literally turning his head, and there the ball was. It was a fantastic catch. Um, point made by Collum several times this season. Um, Eagles' best trenches team in the league, Bobby Boat offensively and defensively. Um, Keith, our resident one of our resident Dolphins fans, is, is delighted to hear what the weather is for this weekend. <laughs> go, going into Buffalo, um, which uh, reflects probably his thoughts on how the game is going to go. Um, I'm assuming this is a Chargers fan. We're back, baby. Our or Staley's <laughs> back. There he goes, Staley be spoofing. Yep. Yeah. And a uh, few more comments around the Dolphins. Maybe he's a Panthers fan. Oh, and here's here's uh, Declan. The Panthers are moving. Yes. Yeah. And, and with Sam, I see ghosts. Darren, <laughs> referring back to the instant a couple of years ago against the Patriots, but uh, yeah, again as, as always, some great. Uh, yeah,
0: thanks few, for those, all the uh, thanks for all the comments.
2: From I I just want to jump on because I, I know Fred uh, mentioned the the Dan Schneider issue, and for anyone who uh, isn't aware, um, Dan Schneider, uh, owner of the Washington Commanders, um, one mm. of the. Uh, most repugnant owners in uh, in the league, which is saying something, uh, mm. given, given some of the others. Um, but it emerged uh, over the uh, weekend, um, and uh, Andrew Brandt w- was commenting on this uh, former Packers uh, GM, uh, that uh, Schneider, it would appear, is the man who leaked the Gruden emails the racist Gruden emails, and John rightly lost his job. But ultimately, all those emails were leaked to deflect attention from the investigation into Dan Schneider, who continues to refuse to appear in front of Congress. Um, but it would seem that the wheels are finally in motion for a potential sale of the Washington commanders. And I imagine he will, um, you know, uh, that the, the price um, that it'll fetch will be in excess of five, if not six billion. Good
0: God. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to process there. Maybe, maybe we can cover some more of that uh, at a future date. Um, thanks for bringing it up as well in the chat. It's important stuff to talk about. Um, okay, so let's just uh, quickly close out here, lads, with the Monday Night Football preview. So it's Patriots who are six and six up against... The Cardinals, who are 4-8. and um, Must-win game for the Patriots here to keep the old playoff hopes alive. Um, so, Brian, what 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 would you uh, say about this game and what's your pick?
1: Yeah, well, just in terms of playoff push for the Patriots, I was just checking today if they are to win, they will leapfrog into the seventh spot within the playoffs, essentially puts them in as a playoff team. If the season was, was to end today, knocking mm. the Chargers and Jets down. So, um Bear in mind, the Patriots have kind of gone off-kilter the last few weeks with some difficult games, kind of reflective of what we've said about teams who've had reasonably good starts this season but then come up against a tougher opposition and can't live with them. They lost to the Bills on Thursday night there recently. They've had the, with the bones of 11 days now to get ready for this game against an Arizona team that have been struggling and there seems to be a lot of upheaval in terms of whether the quarterback is getting on well with the coach. And We've seen the Cardinals, in particular at home this season, play reasonably well, they, they gave the Eagles a, a really tough game, they nearly put that game into overtime and they played the Rams tough, and they always find well to find games at home a lot easier than on the road, and Connor Murray seems to be a bit more comfortable at home and they play a lot better, but I think Bill Belichick, when it comes, this is a big, big situation for the Patriots to see, him. they probably didn't expect to be in this position again, in results have the results gone over the past fortnight, to be in a position where if they win tonight they're backing them in a playoff spot, and essentially their, f- their future the their season is in their own hands. And Mac Jones didn't play the best games against the Bills, but the week prior to that, when they were on the road in Minnesota, I thought it was his best game as a Patriot. Got himself so first-hand, he was there. And I could see him having that type of game tonight. I think the, the Patriots will find a way to to win this get-over-the-line. The, the cards might keep it close, but um, I think it's one of those games that come the fourth quarter, Bill Belichick and his experience, the Patriots find a way to get-over-the-line and, and make it to 7-6 and, and put themselves back in the shake-up for the
2: playoffs.
0: Okay, so you're calling the Patriots. Colm, what about you? What's your take on it?
2: I think this is another one of those coin toss games because Brian has rightly pointed out the ways in which the the Patriots could uh, certainly win win this game all very fair. Um, uh, But uh, this Cardinals team has plenty of talent um, but, uh, I mean, the I suppose there are a number of issues with it as well. Um, there are question marks as to whether the GM will be there next year, although apparently he has quite a cozy relationship with ownership. Uh, questions around the head coach. Obviously, they gave Kyle Murray a, a big, big contract, so he will be there. Um and I, I just think they have flattered to deceive at, at times. Uh, you know, th- this year they um, yeah. they're capable of of being uh, a, a really good team, and I feel that this could be one of those games where there's no real, um, you know, there's no real pressure on, on the Cardinals. Right? They're not they're not expected to really do anything. All of a sudden the The kind of focus is all about the 49ers and the 49ers kind of dominance. Um, The Rams, obviously, with Baker Mayfield last week. And um, while the Seahawks have fallen off, the Seahawks have, probably performed above where most people expected, So the focus really has been taken away from the Cardinals. I'm gonna say for that reason, this could be one of the games where they actually play really well. And I think the expectation for Cards fans should be, I mean, the Cards should be, given what they've invested, the fact that they are sitting um, on, on four wins should lead to serious pressure on the GM and the head coach. I'm going to say that the expectation should be the Cardinals should get the victory. And for that reason, I'm going to pick up. So I'm going to say the Cardinals.
0: Great. Well, that means we may not have jinxed it this time because I know Mark picked the Pats. So that's a uh, two year for the Patriots and one year for the Cardinals. And my vote doesn't matter. So I won't even throw one in the ring. Uh, so that's great, lads. Uh, another, another uh, review done. And so that is it for tonight's show. Tonight, we've had perfectly symmetrical stats. We've had discussions of the weather in Buffalo and in Ireland. I mean, and we've discussed some of the the best games uh, around. So playoff spots booked, playoff spots on the way. Uh, So join us all again on Thursday when we look ahead to week 15. Thanks for joining us tonight and we'll see you then. Thanks, everyone.